You're listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Hey, throughout this summer, we've been going through this series called uh, I Am Jesus in His Own Words. I don't know where you're at when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to faith, when it comes to belief. I want you to know one thing off the top. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. You are absolutely welcome, no matter what you believe. But we do believe in Jesus. And so every week, we present uh, who He is. We present what He has done. We present what we believe to be good news, good news about Him. Uh, And this summer... I thought in the midst of a time and an era where there's a lot of different perspectives about Jesus, every world religion has a perspective on him. Uh, you know, many different, there's many different philosophies or ideas about who he was or what he was about. And I thought it would be super important for us if we were to just take a number of weeks throughout the summer to look at Jesus's very own words. What did he say about himself? What did he say about himself? And today, we're spending some time zeroing in on the statement where Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through me. Uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting and, and specific I am of Jesus. Jesus is talking to us about direction, the route, the right path, and the way, the way to the Father. Uh, I know you guys are British Columbians and you're Port Moodyites and you live in this area. And I know many of you probably uh, have gone hiking this summer at some point. Any hikers out there? Okay. I'm not a hiker, uh, but I, at times I hike. I hike, okay? And, and just because you've hiked, it doesn't mean you're a hiker, right? Uh, but Jessica got so, like, you know, she was getting so upset at me because I would always complain while we were on, a, on our hikes about my feet hurting. Uh, and so she, she decided one day to take me to one of those, like, you know, outdoors kind of stores. I don't even know the name of it because I don't spend any time in them. But, um, <laughs> and she said, we got to get you some good boots. So we got some good hiking boots and I was able to put them to use this summer as we did a pretty like full on hike. Uh, we, we hiked to Garibaldi Lake. Anybody ever hiked up there before? Beautiful, pristine, blue waters, as blue as the sky, uh, very beautiful, just teal, incredible, arctic, you know, kind of uh, mountaintop lake. Uh, and, um, and so we hiked up there with backpacks. We camped out overnight. Yes, we did. We tied our food up into a tree, you know, so the bears, the supposed bears who were around there uh, would not get at our food. I found that very inconvenient. I like to be able to access food frequently. And uh, <laughs> and it was like, I got to go to this rope pulley thing, like uh, 100 meters away from my tent. Okay. And apparently you're not allowed to eat at your campsite, but I was really exhausted. I'll admit I ate a granola bar in the tent. Um, but For those of you who are avid hikers, you'll know something about hiking, is that as you're going, one of the the keys, the, the things that's very important is that you're following the markers that are set on the path. You're following the markers that are set on the path. And if you don't follow those markers, you may end up down a trail that's going to lead you to a destination, to a location that wasn't what you were intending 
to do, and it's not the place you were intending to go. And so uh, we were with our trusty guides, two friends of ours, Steve and Jocelyn. We followed the markers. We followed their lead. Uh, we ended up in Garibaldi Lake. But then, after doing like this nine-kilometer hike, and I felt very accomplished at this point, uh, our friends say, hey, we should do another hike from this point, right? It's called Panorama Ridge. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Like, I'm feeling very accomplished and good about it. Now this hike, uh, it's not it's not near, nearly as well marked as the other. Like at times, you're just looking for a piece of surveyor's tape or some spray paint on a rock uh, and that kind of thing. And for me, uh, I was like, okay, let's do this. And so we, we hiked. Uh, I almost had an adrenal crisis. It was a long, long story. I have a condition. But um, <laughs> for me, as I was getting to the tail end of this hike, all I was doing was fixing my eyes on the next marker. Okay, where's that next marker? Where's that next piece of surveyor's tape? Where's that next spray paint on the rock? And eventually, uh, I did make it to the top. I felt very accomplished, and I immediately started running down because I just needed to get out of there. But um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a great day, a really good day. And, and here's, here's the point of this story is that I think today in Jesus' I am statement where he's talking about the way, he's talking about directions, he's talking about the route, what he's trying to do, he's giving us a very clear path. He's giving us very clear markers. In his mind, it's not just an open trail, go wherever you want. This is the path you need to walk. This is the route to get to the destination. And he is crystal clear about it. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And if you want to get to the Father, you want to get to heaven, you want to get to the afterlife, you need to come through me. And immediately, some of you, even at hearing that right now, you're like, that's a little bit offensive, Cam, right? That's a little bit offensive to, you know, that Jesus is so exclusive, that he has a very specific way. Um, we, we, that's not our world today. There's many different ways. There's many different paths. There's many different truths. And I, and I get that. And I'm the preacher and I'm the messenger, right? I'm the messenger today. But what we're doing this summer is we're looking at Jesus's words and we have a choice. We do have a choice. Every single one of us has a choice. This is not like some kind of, you know, hostage negotiation where I'm forcing you to make a decision about what you believe. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong, but we do examine Jesus' words and we're going, oh, okay, this is what Jesus said about himself. So we can either accept it, we can reject it, or we can correct it, right? Or we can correct it. And that's the decision that each of us, every single person in this space and in this place that, that we have to decide. I think that Jesus' words were so potent. They were so to the point that each of us, we, we can't just be apathetic about it. We need to come to some kind of conclusion some kind of decision. And so without further ado, here's what I want us to do. Let's read Jesus's words, John chapter 14. I'm going to read uh, a little bit before, a little bit after it, just to give us some context of what he's saying, not just one verse, here you go. Uh, but, but let's see what he's saying. So if you're willing, uh, if you're able, can, can we stand as we read these words? We believe they are the most important words we're going to hear today. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. See, the disciples, they were feeling anxious. Uh, they were feeling anxious because they knew Jesus was going to be leaving them very soon. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me also. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, I would have told you. 
but I'm going to a place to, to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way that I'm going. Verse 5, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? How can we know the route? How can we know the destination? Jesus told him. Verse 6, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had really known me, you would have known who my Father is. And from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. God, thank you for your word this morning. I pray that your spirit would be here in this place. And as we examine this I am, God, you would speak to us through it. Uh, and uh, you, would, you would bring us to a point where we, we decide what we think about what it is that you have to say today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. You can have a seat. So here we go, John chapter 14. Let me explain some of the context. The Bible is a very old book. It was written in a, uh, you know, at least this, this book that we're reading was written around 2,000 years ago. It's written to a different culture. It was written to a different time. And so it's helpful at times for us to explain the context of which this is written. Otherwise, we can get a little bit confused and lost. Jesus at this time in John chapter 14, just in the previous chapter in, in chapter 13, he's been having a conversation with his inner circle, his closest friends and his followers. They're called the disciples. Later on, they were called the apostles. And he's having a conversation with them. He's sharing some last and parting words. He's telling them that he is about to depart. He is about to go. He is about to die and be crucified on the cross. And as he's sharing these words, the disciples, they begin to get upset. Get upset the fact that he is going this way. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Right before this in chapter 13, you can kind of see this unfolding in the passage. In verse 33, he says, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. Not yet, at least. Jesus is, is preparing them that he's going to be leaving and departing. Verse 36, Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you can follow me later. can follow me later. And then later on in verse 3 to 5, Thomas says, he, Jesus says, you know the way that I am going. But Thomas replies, no, we don't, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Uh, here's the thing I love about Thomas. Thomas is the guy in the workplace when your supervisor has just done a full presentation. Uh, he's explained everything, but no one is understanding it. No one is getting it. Uh, and, uh, and he's like, yeah, so everyone get it. Everyone know your assignments is good. Thomas is the guy in your workplace like, yeah, we don't get any of that. Like, uh, can you re-explain this? That was super confusing. He's the one who's willing to step out into the awkward moment, uh, if you know what I mean, the awkward moment, uh, and just go, uh, yeah, sorry, can you clarify what you're talking about? Because we don't get it. This is what he's happening here. Thomas says, no, Lord, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? How can we know the way? What does Jesus do? He replies to this in a very straightforward way manner. He says, well, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except 
through me. He says, you want to know how to get back to me? It's through me. It's through following me. I am the way, the truth, life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is a bit of a mic drop moment for Jesus as he says another one of his I am's that's pretty potent, pretty in the face of that culture and our culture today. Jesus is pushing back against high, a highly religious culture, a culture that was works-based, a culture where it was about following the law and making sacrifices and, and following certain, very certain paths to try and earn it, to try and deserve it, to try and work your way to God. And Jesus into this culture begins to correct the narrative he says, the way to heaven, the way to eternal life, the way to the Father is not through earning it and deserving it. It's not through striving and sweating, and we can relate with that right now. Um, he says, no, I am the way. I am the way. I am the way to the Father. Now, we hear this today, and Jesus' words push back against a different culture. I alluded to it earlier. We live in a culture, a day and a time that is incredibly inclusive. Uh, and especially in a place like Canada, uh, you know, we, we experience this all the time. In fact, it's a very safe place to believe whatever you believe. And that's why we, we share that heart. You can believe whatever you would like to believe. No one is forcing you. But Jesus today, his words, they do confront um, our culture in our day and our time. They do confront, they, they are confronting uh, words, I guess, to a culture that is pluralistic, that says there's many different paths, there's many different ways, whatever is true for you is true, whatever is true for me is true, it's okay, you think that, that's awesome, you think that, that's great. But Jesus today is saying something very poignant. And to be honest, this isn't a misprint and this isn't a typo. This is what Jesus thinks. And we've experienced this all throughout the I Am series. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. I'm the one who, 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 who shows us the way to go. He says, I am the door to the, to the green pastors. He said, I am the good shepherd. I, I'm actually the one. And everybody else, he says some pretty confronting words. They're thieves and robbers, he says. Wow. He says, I am the resurrection and life. I am the one whom life is found. It is through me that you can be brought back to life. It is through me that even though you may die, that you could rise again, that you could have new life in the life that is to come. And so this is clear that it's not a misprint or a misstep. In fact, all throughout the Gospels, we see this same affirmation about Jesus' identity, that he does believe that he is God and he does believe that it is through him that we have eternal life. And it's not just in the Gospels, it's also in the letters of his closest followers and friends. And so this clearly attests to the fact that Jesus and his earliest followers and those in history truly believed that he was the exclusive way to the Father. Now, enter 2022 Canada, a bunch of very good and thoughtful, inclusive, tolerant people. We say, Jesus, you can't say that. That's offensive. Jesus, that's inappropriate. Jesus, that is bigoted. That's not kind. Jesus, this is the kind of thing we cancel people for, right? We're ready. We're ready. Jesus, this isn't, this isn't okay. And so Jesus begins to speak into this culture 
uh, in our culture, and, and we're a bit confronted today, aren't we? We're a bit confronted by these words. We're a bit confronted by these truths. So I don't know how you're feeling as you hear these words, but there's a number of different responses that we might have to them. The first response that we might have, like I said, as Canadians, if we're saying, Jesus, uh, Jesus, you, you can't say that. You can't say that. Um, many of us in our culture today, we believe this. We believe that, that truth is not exclusive. Truth is subjective. Like I said, whatever is true for me is true, and whatever is true for you is true. And yet, Jesus is very explicitly saying, I am the truth. And so whenever I have a conversation with somebody who's saying, no, like I'm kind of the, you know, there's no such thing as objective truth. Truth is subjective. It's up to the individual. It's up to the self. Here's what I usually ask them whenever they say that. Is that statement true? <laughs> and they usually go, yes, yes, it is. And I go, okay, so there is no objective truth except for this statement that there is no objective truth. And they go, yes. And I go, ha. Huh. That's really interesting, right? Because it, right there, that is a truth statement, is it not? That is, a, that is an objective truth statement that there is no objective truth. In fact, it's a contradicting statement. And so here's what I want to challenge us to do is that for those of us who believe that and think that, that we would actually think through the inconsistency of that fact, that there is no objective truth except for this objective truth that I'm sharing with you right now. It challenges us. The second thing uh, that, that we see here is that Jesus is actually pushing back against the notion that I am the way, that I am the way. Uh, it, so we, we live in a culture where we like to be the highest authority, am I right? We like to be the highest authority on our lives, on our bodies, on, our, uh, we, on, on any given subject. We believe the individual should be the highest authority. In fact, a guy named Mark Sayers, who's a little bit of a cultural um, analysis, he says over the 50, last 50 or 60 years, what we have transitioned to is a culture that has objective truth to one where the individual becomes the highest authority. The individual becomes the highest authority. He says that self-definition, self-freedom, self-direction is the highest the highest truth, that tolerance is the, is the most commended quality. And this has been the transition of our culture in the Western world over these last years. And Jesus speaks into that and he pushes back against it. And he says, get, actually, it is not you who is the way. You do not get to define the truth. You do not get to define the life. I do. He doesn't say, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. He says, I am. I am. And I know those words are, are hard to hear for some of us today. They're hard to hear for some of us today. But these are Jesus' words. There's another uh, group of people here who perhaps, you know, even as Christians, we hear these words and we think, okay, surely that's a little bit too narrow, right? Surely that's a little bit too narrow. Even as Christians, I think for some of us as believers, when we hear Jesus talking about the 
exclusivity of accessing the Father through him, we even push back against it. Because we're like, well, wait a second. Like, I'm at church today. I read my Bible. I served at Love My City. I did a pilgrimage to Israel one time. Uh, you know, I'm a good person. I, I give my funds away. I've done, I, I, I think in our culture at times we say, well, no, but like, look what I am doing. And Jesus even pushes back to that reality today. And he says, no. He says, no, I'm the way. I'm the way. And it confronts us. It confronts even those of us, not just those of us in the room who are, uh, or in this space who are pluralistic, but also those of us in this room who want to do it on our own steam and on our own strength. He goes, no, I'm the way. But let me reframe this for us for a moment, okay? Because I can feel the tension. I can feel, uh, you know, the pushback. What if it's true? (laughs) What if it's true that Jesus is actually the way? Then perhaps these statements are not bigotry. Perhaps these statements are not unkind. Perhaps these statements are not intolerant. Perhaps these statements are actually loving. What Jesus is offering to us is this. He's offering us that we can access the Father, that we can access eternal life, not through our own steam, not through our own strength, but simply just by believing and trusting in him. Believing and trusting in him. It's the simplest offer in the world. He's saying simply by just, he says, trust in God, trust in me. Would you, would you trust in my name? But, but we don't like this, especially as Canadians, right? We don't like this because we don't like authority naturally. Uh, I'll give you an example. During COVID-19, every time, right, I, I know it's still happening. Some of you even had it recently. Okay, so just clearing that up. But during, during the time of, of pandemic and mandates and all that kind of stuff, I don't know about you, But in my soul, at times when there was a new mandate, when there was a new restriction, when there was a new rule, there was something in me that just wanted to say, hey, wait a second, I didn't approve this. I didn't sign off on this. I'm not okay. You know, like you didn't ask me how, you, how, how we felt about this. I'd like to see my mom at Christmas, you know. Uh, and, and it reveals in my soul just a tendency to want things my way. I see this in my, my two-year-old. She's very spirited. You've experienced her today, right, many times. She, I want to be with mom and dad. Or I'll say, hey, hey, it's time for bed. No, I don't want to go to bed, right? Uh, or say, okay, it's time for you to see No dinner, right? Like even from a very young age, we want to have it our way. We want to direct. But what Jesus is challenging us with today is this. He's saying it's actually not through you, it's through me. It's through me. And what I'm offering is you is this. If you trust in me and you trust in God, if you, if you follow my markers, if you take my path, you will have eternal life forever. We're getting in on someone else's name. A few months ago, I took Jess uh, out on a date. We went to Brown's. Uh, and me being, you know, well, just they may, I, I won't spot, talk for all of all men everywhere, but for myself, I didn't call and get a reservation, all right? I didn't call and get a reservation. And we walk in the door and we ask for a table and it's going to be like an hour and a half wait. It's 8 p.m. We've gotten the babysitter and everything. We're like, what are we going to do? 
But suddenly I see in the distance a guy who I know through the Port Moody Panthers hockey team. Uh, his name is Carter Crawford. He's like somehow over the last couple of years, he's grown up, he's become a supervisor, a manager at Browns. He sees me and he says, hey, just wait, wait one second. He starts looking through the books. He goes, oh, I know it's an hour and a half. Hey, but let them in on the next table, right? So we get in, we get to have our date. It's awesome. I didn't, I didn't deserve that, right? These other people had put down their name. They'd, they, you know, they'd waited in line, all that kind of stuff. But what did I do? I walked right in. I sat down on that table. I got my Coke with lemon. Uh, and uh, I was good to go, right? I was good to go. This is what Jesus is offering us. And I know it doesn't make sense to get in on someone else's name. Carter said, hey, listen, let them in. Let them in. Yeah, because they know me. Because they know me, hey, they can come on in. This is what Jesus is offering us. And I think we get it. I think I've made it clear. What is he offering us today? He's offering us a place, a space in the Father's house. He's offering us access to eternal life. What does he say in John 14? He says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. There's more than enough room for everyone in my father's house. If this were not so, I would not have told you that I'm going to go prepare a place for you. What is this place he's speaking about? He's saying, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. He says that he, he's preparing for us if we just would follow his way, if we would follow his truth, if we would follow his markers, the place that he is offering is actually a place and a space in his father's house, in his father's house. What he's offering us is heaven. What he's offering, uh, offering us is, is a new life. It's a new life. I think of Tim Keller he said this words in, uh, you know, in response to those who say, actually, I don't want to go to heaven. Because I think for some people, some people, when they think about heaven, they're thinking of, you know, like chubby babies playing harps and clouds. And it just seems like, oh, okay, maybe we're like worshiping and singing for, you know, a thousand years. We're singing 10,000 reasons, you know, or I, I could sing of your love forever. They took it a little, like maybe the heaven, they'll take it a little too literally. So it's going to be a lot of singing. It's going to be a lot of just, you know, sitting on clouds. It sounds really boring. I don't want that. But Tim Keller, in response to this, he has this great quote. He says, in heaven, he says, heaven is going to be a place a lot like earth. In heaven, you can love. In heaven, you can learn. In heaven, you can laugh. In heaven, you can play. He says, think about this. If this earth that God has given us, full of its mountains and its valleys and its heights and its beautiful sunsets and oceans and all these kind of things, if this is the kind of place that God gives to, to those who have rejected him, imagine the kind of place he will give to those who have accepted him. He begins to redefine for us what heaven's gonna be like. Did you know heaven is gonna come down to earth? Did you know that God is gonna make all things new here on this planet? Do you know that the life that is to come is not some ethereal, spiritual, uh, you know, just like strange kind of world? It will, find, it will feel strangely familiar 
and yet it will be different. It will be better. It'll be a place with no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow. It'll be a place where there is no more rejection. It'll be a place where there's complete joy, contentment, happiness. And it is a place, as Jesus said, as Jesus said, where we will get to be with God. We will get to be with him. This is the place that Jesus is offering to us today. He isn't just saying like, yeah, you got to follow my ways. You got to follow my truth. You, gotta, you know, I just, I like to think, have things my way. He is trying to give us the route. He is trying to give us the path, the access point to a place that is so much better, so much better and so much greater. It is earth, <laughs> you know, just like on steroids. It is earth that is just incredible, that is renewed, that is amazing. This is what Jesus is offering to us today. And so the question you might be asking is this though, how can I know this is true? How can I actually, Timber, how can I actually know this is true? And try to focus, I know that's very distracting. We're just going to leave it. Why not? Okay. No, the, the whole team's here, so it's good. If you think about it, it's kind of like a kite, you know? It's like a sailboat. Thanks to the amazing team. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, give it up for them. I'm just going to pause because this is so incredibly important, so I'm just going to take a moment. Here's the question you're asking, how do I, how can I know this is true? Like I get it, some guy 2,000 years ago said that he was the way, the truth, and life. How can I know this is true? Here's how you can know this is true today. Is that we believe not just in a book, but we believe in a historical event. A historical event. A historical event that changed the world. The reason it is the year 2022 is because 2022 years ago, Jesus came to earth. And it was so significant, it was so important that it changed the direction of history that they said, hey, let's do the calendar around this guy. This is why our holidays at times are wrapped around different events in his life. And we believe in an event, an event that can give us hope, an event that can help us to believe that this is true. What is the event? We believe that Jesus was not just a man who lived, but God who came among us. We believe that he was not just a guy who walked around, but he was a guy who did many miracles that were actually proof, proof of his existence, proof that he was in connection with the Father. But more than that, we also believe in a God who died. I died on a Roman cross for us, but he did not stay dead. But three days later, he rose from the dead. He walked around. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us there was many witnesses to this fact. Historical documents outside of Christian documents attest to this fact that people saw Jesus after his death. And more than that, Jesus was not just a guy who died and rose, but he also was someone who ascended back to the Father. He actually he showed us that he was the way to God because he went back to God. He ascended back to the Father. He did not die. You see, the reason we can believe this is true, the reason why billions of people believe this is true, is not because of just a book attesting to this fact, but because of an event, an event in history where Jesus died, where Jesus rose, where Jesus ascended to the Father. And so you're wondering, how can I believe, how can I know that he is the way, the truth, and the life? It's because he did it. 
He did it himself. And it's okay if you're still working that through. It's okay if this is your first time and you're considering this, but this is what we believe. We believe not just in a book, but a historical event, a historical person who said he was the way, the truth, and the life, and who himself went to the Father. And so I'm going to invite up the band now. We're going to sing some songs in response, and we're also going to take communion. If you're someone who believes what we are saying, you are welcome to come to the table and receive it. If you want to believe what we're talking about today, like, listen, that sounds amazing. I, I want eternal life. I believe that Jesus is the way. You can come to the table. We're going to have two stations, one at the bottom of these steps right here, the other at the bottom of this steps right here. You can come on down. You can take and receive. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us today, and then we're going to come to the table Jesus, uh, man, this series is not just like a light summer series that we're walking through. It's pretty confronting at times. It's pretty confronting. And right now, I, I think that each of us, we have a decision to make. Are we going to accept this? Are we going to reject this? Do we believe it needs to be corrected? There might be people in this space who are choosing one of those three, and that's okay. But God, I believe, and many of us believe, that these words are true. We believe that you are good. We believe that you are loving. And what you are offering to us is actually a space in the Father's house, a space in eternal life, a space in life, the life that is to come. If we would just trust you, if we would not lean on our own ways, if we'd not lean on our own truths, if we'd not say, it's my life, but we would say, Jesus, I believe you are who you said you are. I believe you did what you said you did. And so I pray that Holy Spirit right now, you would help us as we work this through in our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Work in this place. Work within us. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca slash rail city to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.